Well, hello, this is Robert Berry, and welcome to Retro Crush, the podcast episode 55. Hope you all had a nice Christmas, or whatever it is you folks celebrate. And uh, I had a great Christmas. Uh, I won't go into just tons of details, but just, just had a great time with my families. I had a killer party at my friend uh, Brad's house. Um, it was an all-adult party. Uh, the, the liquor was pouring. The great music was playing. Uh, people wearing uh, hot-looking cocktail dresses, dancing all around the kitchen. It was just a great time for all. And uh, my wife and I had a great time. Just everybody there. Just just a fun time. You know, I, I really kind of want to start throwing a lot more parties around our house as well. I mean, I think that that was really something uh, in the 50s and the late 40s uh, where people just threw cocktail parties a lot. And, uh, I like to see that that come back into more vogue uh, as well. Well, hey, listen, uh, a longtime friend of mine, uh, Randy Waggy, who I've known since eighth grade, and he writes things for the site and does things for the podcast. Um, he gets a lot of the interviews that we put on our website, and he has a really fun interview. I'm going to play some of the phone uh, conversation that that he had with Marsha Wallace. Uh, you might remember uh, Marsha as the hilarious, lanky redhead from the original Bob Newhart show in the 70s. And she went on to do a variety of other things. She was a fixture of a lot of uh, game shows. Uh, the Match Game probably being one of the more famous ones. And uh, appeared on the Merv Griffin Show, how she got her start on the, the Bob Newhart Show from being discovered on there. And went on to uh, continue being in The Simpsons for 16 seasons as Mrs. Krabappel, who's uh, Bart Simpson's teacher. So uh, Randy caught up with her. We have a little bit of a phone interview. We have the whole interview uh, on the website. We thought you might want to hear some of that as well. So we'll go ahead and just go straight into that. I'm going to start off with a really cool theme song uh, for the Bob Newhart Show, and then that'll lead straight into the uh, interview. So hope you enjoy it. Hello? had a crush on Roy Rogers as a kid? Oh, I loved Roy Rogers. Oh, okay. I, I first felt fire in my loins for Roy, and I was a very small child, which is kind of pathetic, but true. I loved Roy, and I don't to this day know why. He was, I was madly in love with him. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe... I was in the 50s, and we watched a lot of Saturday Westerns, and Roy just spoke to me. No, that's understandable, I, you know. He, he wasn't known as one of the great sex symbols of the American cinema, you know. He was... Uh, Well, yeah, and he he rode horses, and I think he was a writer too, a little bit, or he might have been. Oh, I I don't I don't know. That isn't what appealed to me. Oh, okay, just the handsomeness and everything. I just loved him. And you um you grew up in uh, was it Iowa? Crestin, Iowa. 
small it, town in Iowa, yeah. It was kind of a rough home life, though, a little bit. Well, you know, I'm not the only one that ever had a rocky childhood. I mean, if, if uh, parenting came with instructions, things would be a lot better, but it doesn't. Uh, you know, it's all part of what makes us who we are. My, I wrote a book called Don't Look Back, We're Not Going That Way, and it's subtitled How I Managed to Overcome a Rocky Childhood, a Nervous Breakdown, uh, Breast Cancer, Widowhood, Fire, Menopausal Motherhood, and Still Managed to Count My Lucky Chickens. Out there for everybody. And uh, uh, the, one of the good things about it is that so many people relate to so much a part of it. I mean, I'm not the only person that ever lived that ever had a rocky relationship with their mother. No, no, of course, of course. I mean, well, you know, it's all about forgiveness and reconciliation. And right, right. Well, it's you know, it's 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 hard. It's not like we pick our parents. They just you know we're. And I got a tremendous amount of probably my greatest uh, quality in, is tenacity. Uh huh. I certainly got that from my dad, who was a larger than life man with no impulse control and right big dreams and terrible luck. Well, and also, you said that um, there's no way that you could ever be embarrassed. Well, that's true. When your father walks into your fourth grade classroom and says, give me them shoes because I wore my mother's shoes to school. Yeah, in front of everybody. That that would be a little embarrassing, definitely. Uh, and, but, yeah, the good thing is you don't get, you, nothing much embarrasses you after that, and that's good. Yeah. That's what people think, and that's good. Well, and then you also said that it was the 1950s, so people didn't really... Well, yeah, the, the 50s was, it's more a story of, of a decade than a town. Yeah. Because it was a time of, uh, you know, deni decade of denial in many ways, and nobody talked personal. So I think that's why I got on so many people's nerves. It's like, oh my gosh, here she comes again. She's going to want to talk personal. Right. But, I mean, that that's what kids do, too. I mean, you can't be blamed for that. Well, I don't blame myself for anything. Right. You said he kind of went on a you know a few drinking binges and things like that, right? No, I didn't drink at all. Oh, my dad. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, no, I was, uh, my sister and I uh, used to come home and our dad would smell our breaths and we'd say, I'm not, we're nine, we're ten. Yeah, He'd yeah. He'd say, yeah, well, it's in the blood. <laughs> my dad would leave town to drink and uh, he, he was, uh, he once got lost. My favorite story about my dad, he got lost on one of his benders, and he was in Chicago, and kind of disappeared when we finally found him. He was in some hospital somewhere, and the doctors pulled us over and said, we're afraid there's been brain damage. And we rushed in, and we talked to him for a while, and we came out, and we said, nope. Right. That's our poke. Yeah. That's, that's but he was a pretty wacky guy. Right, right, right. Well, hey, you know, without your parents, um, they definitely do shape and influence who you are, you know. In the okay. 50s, people drank. Oh, my gosh, did they drink. Yeah, that's what I've always heard, that, you know, it was always kind of, you know, always get me a cocktail kind of thing. Yeah, there was a cocktail time, and everybody, people drank at lunch, people people drank, there was no question about it. Right, right, a, a completely different time, but I, I always thought the clothing and stuff was pretty interesting in the 50s. Well, it was, it was a lot of uh, hoop skirts, and, well, right. I, I grew up in the era of, of uh, what, is, what were they, yeah, um, Kind of like maybe poodle skirts? Did you wear poodle some skirts? But underneath we wore the. I'm blocking on what they they were called. Crinoline, no, or. Um, well, what? you know the the crinoline things that hold them up, but that's not what they're called. Oh, okay. Shoot, that's okay. I I think I. Whenever I don't know something, nobody else does either. So. No, no, it's okay. I can understand. I mean, it was probably you know multi multi layers kind of thing. But there, there was a, they they were famous. These this underwear and it it uh, I just can't think of what you call it. 
You, you were dating a gay guy for a little bit, too, right? Oh, yeah, that, that, uh, when I, fast forward, I went to New York City. Right. For a decade, and I, I got, I did a lot of Merv Griffin shows. And then he brought me to L.A., and I did, um, uh, when I did his talk show. And then out of that, I got, uh, a, a wonderful experience, because Mr. Paley, who was head of CBS then, saw me on the Merv Griffin show and said, put that girl on, uh, on that new Bob Newhart show. So around that time, I had my, my nervous breakdown of what's hilarious. This was 30 years ago, and whatever press I have gotten lately, uh, you know, television, I did The Insider a while back, and I mean, I wrote about it. So, and now, today, please, if you have a nervous breakdown, you're on The View with the Olsen twins. But, right, right, right. But in those days, nobody talked about it. But they, they were... That's what they talked about was the 30-year-old nervous breakdown, and they'd show these weird pictures of me. Sitcom actress fights demons in mental ward, and all the teasers made it sound like I was just carted off to the bin again, so I got all these calls. Right, right, right. Right? Are you all right? But, uh, so during that time, I didn't make very good choices. Well, except for my darling husband, I, I really, my, my love life was pretty, pretty wacky. Right. Never did make very good choices where men were concerned. Right. Well, you know, it's it's hard to find the right person sometimes. You know, and I I know that's always a challenge. I mean, you know, I still. I, think, I would think you'd know up front that a gay guy is not a good good choice. But you know, if you're kind of needful and you know somehow you figure, well, maybe this will work out. Right. 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 No, one of my good friends, she dated gay and bisexual guys left and right. You know, um, she had a lot more in common with them because. They were into fashion and different things like that, so they just connected lots of times. So it, I don't know, <clears throat> not too too unusual. Um, okay, and you said you, you never did audition for the Bob Newhart show. Was this Bill Paley that? Um, yeah, that's that's what I just was mentioning. Oh, okay. Um, Bill Paley was the head of CBS, and he saw me on the Merv Griffin show, and he said put her on the Bob Newhart show. Right, right. Now, what was the Merv Griffin show kind of like? Like when you would be put no, on. It was like a, a syndicated. It, you know, it was. Well, I remember watching it. You know, a few times. The talk show, right. but it was uh, it was on unlike um, Carson, which was always on late at night. It was on like after school and early evening, and Merv was on for like thirty years. Right, right. He, he discovered people too. I mean, he discovered a lot of people, and he would. It wasn't all the stand-up in those days. There was still more of the, the sit-down. You'd come out and you'd tell your crazy stories about your life. Right. And my first story was, because um, when I worked at the Dairy Queen back in Creston, Iowa, I got molested in the freezer changing the milk cans, which was a true story. And the guy had a, a heart condition, so he had to keep stopping and wheezing. Oh, my gosh. But he thought I made that up. But, you know, it's a question of turning uh, comedy into tra <clears throat> or tragedy into comedy. and making it work for you, so right. I was like a, uh, you know, a personality, and I did about 75, and it was very, very, you know, a very good gig, and, and got me the Bob Newhart show. Right, right, of course. Well, I mean, um, you must have met a whole bunch of other people on that show, too, like, were there people that you're in awe of, you know, like stars that you remember growing up? Well, I certainly, you know, I used to, uh, I think I'm, I'm oh, I, I met Betty Davis once. Right, and, and and she's supposed to be like a pretty tough tough broad. Well, she was, I I was hanging around, he used to do back-to-back -back shows. 
you know, taped them uh, quite a few at a time. Okay. I was on one, and she was on another, and I was hanging around her dressing room, hoping I'd see her walk out. And her hairdresser came out and said, uh, you'd like to meet her, wouldn't you? And I said, oh, yes. And so he whipped the door open, and he said, Miss Betty Davis, Miss Fanny Flagg. Oh, no. Uh, and she said, well, that's not Fanny Flagg. Oh, okay, great. Oh, it is, but it's not Fanny Flagg. And so that was my, uh, but I got to meet her, and, you know, I met uh, John Wayne once, and he said, uh, can you get me an appointment with the doctor? Ha, ha, ha. Uh, that's too funny. It's a thrill. It's a, well, first of all, to realize that people you grew up watching in the movies yeah. watched you on television, that's almost impossible to wrap your head around. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, these people are just larger than life lots of times, you know, when you're growing up, of course. So, um, what about uh, any uh, kind of behind-the-scenes stories on Bob Newhart? Or? Well, uh, you know, we just mainly had a really, it was a really, really good gig, and it was on during a time when, uh, you know, before cable, uh-huh. like three or four channels, and nobody could afford more than one TV, and everybody watched as a group or as a family. Right. And so, um, you know, we'll never see that again, because that's, you know, there are 172,000 channels, none of which you want to watch. <clears throat> right, right. I remember in school, like, a lot of people, you'd watch an episode of something, and, and everybody would be like, oh, yeah, I saw that, too. That was great on the $6 million man, or, you know. No, it's true. And uh, so Newhart was on um, first run in the 70s, and then in the 80s in reruns, and it was a very big college show in the 80s. Right. And then in the 90s, Nick at Night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there was that drinking game, which Bob is not too proud of. He said, oh, good, I just love to be associated with, with the teenage alcoholism. <laughs> of course, yeah, college, college drinking and all that different stuff. It was because everybody was always saying, hi, Bob, it's for you, Bob, hello, Bob. Right, right. Whenever anybody said, Bob, uh, you were supposed to take a drink, so. Yeah, and then um, <clears throat> you kind of had that, well, it was kind of crazy, I guess, but that there's a funny story about um, <clears throat> you saw some people having... Um, sex or something, and then they... they I was walking down the street in um, New York City, and these, you know, it, it, it's, it's been cleaned up a lot. It used to be much seedier. And there was this, uh, this couple standing way back in this alcove, and this, this guy was, uh, he kind of looked like Howdy Doody, and he just couldn't believe his good fortune, but he saw me, and he said, love your work. Yeah, yeah. I said, love yours. <laughs> That's funny. I, and I, I think you mentioned that Bob Newhart just loved that story, too, right? He liked that story. He right. really enjoyed it very much. And then... Um, Newhart is a great guy and has a great sense of humor. Right, right. Yeah, he seems so um, pretty straight-laced and everything. Um, he, he isn't really. He has a real... Uh, you know, he has a persona. That's what you see, and that's what works for him. But he's like uh, most people on television. He's a little more... Has a little more uh, to yeah. him than that. Right, right. He might be a little... A little darker, a little, yeah. a little different. Yeah, that's that's good. And and it's a bit amazing. He's been um, married to his wife for a really long time too, right? He's a real family man, and he really loves his family. Right. And then there was also talk about um, <clears throat> that they intentionally didn't have children on the show. Just yeah, just he decided. You know, as much as he loved his own family, as four kids, he always said up front, "No kids, no animals." Right. Because he felt. Uh, and you certainly see that uh, then went on, you know, now there's a ton of family shows. But that was pretty unusual in those days. They were just a, a couple with career, two careers and, uh, and a marriage. And that was, uh, 
you know, sometimes it's hard. You get upstaged by kids and, and dogs, so. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. You, you just don't want that to happen. So the Bob, yeah, the Bob Newhart show was it was a lot of fun. Um, were there a lot of uh, guest stars that came onto that show too? Did you um, meet a lot of people? I know they were also filming maybe the Mary or Rhoda on a stage, not. Yeah, yeah, we were the Mary Mary Todd and Warren Rhoda. Right. Uh, so you probably got to meet some of those people, maybe Nancy Walker or. Like a little neighborhood in those days. It was seventies television was great, and MPM was a really uh, a, a very prestigious. Very, you know, they had these great comedies, and they got great guest stars, and uh, they were extremely popular, and it was a great time. Yeah, yeah, and you guys, you know, pulled in the ratings, and they must have loved you there and everything. Yeah, they did. Well, in those days, you know, now they're thrilled that they get like 11 or 12 million people. There were times, there were shows in those days that got 30, 35, 40 million people. You, you know, everything's changed. Yeah. And then um, you also, like you said, you, you were a bit uh, bulimic before it was even a term. Yes, I was. I was indeed. You're right. And, then, and that... Yeah, I'm pretty honest. I, you know, I mean, uh, food is my drug of choice, and I've always... You can see my eating disorders across the screen. I go back to the game show network to visit my old arms because they were so beautiful. Right, right. I mean, I, I, I was... Honestly, I was shocked when I read that because... I remember as a kid when I watched that show, Bob Newhart especially, you were rail thin. Well, I was. That's what I mean about, you know, and I, those were my bulimic days. And then I finally evened out for a while, and then my husband died, and then I gained a lot of weight. So you can you can see me change across the across the screen. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's some, I'm, I'm going to be on some show somewhere over uh, a period of, I can turn on the TV and see myself 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Right, right. Or uh, last week, so, you know, it's it's pretty wacky. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's your own form of immortality, basically. I mean, it, you'll always be here that way, you know. That's, um, what about, uh, of course, Matt's game, Gene, Gene Rayburn and all that? It was just fun. It was great fun. Oh, yeah, and Charles Nelson Riley and... Uh, you had a, a lifelong friend, uh, Brett Summers. Uh, Brett Summers is my best friend. She's coming out here soon. She was. Uh, she's my son's godmother, and I'm doing the college thing now. I have a son who's. Uh, he says he wants to be an actor. I said, "Fine, act like you like me." Uh, uh, very, 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 very talented, and so he's getting ready for college, which is. Uh, I think I'm too old for this. Oh no! I mean, it's, well, he's uh, the college. The whole process is. There's just a lot of pressure on kids now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting into the right college. And some, sometimes even when you get into college and you go to a certain one and then you get out and people are like, which college did you go to? You know, I, I, don't, I don't. You know, I went to a very, a college that doesn't even exist anymore, Parsons College, Fairfield, Iowa. And I've had a career, so. Right, right, yeah. And, um, involved in that. So, I, I mean, have you forgiven Brett Summers for burning down your house? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> Larry, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's not really, I mean, it's funny, but it's not really funny. Oh, and she didn't really, except that she did, she was in the back of the house having a, a martini with my dog, Bingo, who just died this year, Aww. after 15 and a half years, and she kept saying, Bingo! She was singing along with Frank Sinatra having a martini, and <laughs> she kept, uh, and the alarm was going off, and she kept saying, Bingo, what's that? Then the next thing, she walks out in the, in the hallway, and the flames are coming down the hall, and she, she had turned... Some of the old California houses didn't have central air. We didn't have central air then. They had those four heaters. Uh huh. So she had turned it way up in this. 
let's say if she hadn't been visiting there, probably wouldn't have been a fire. But in any case, uh, we call her Mrs. O'Leary, and she said, good, you needed it. Your house was a mess. Oh, jeez. But I did your favor. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's crazy. What about um, Charles Nelson Riley or any of the other people from Match Game? Do you still kind of keep in contact or see some of them, too? It's mostly Brett, but I see I see Charles from time to time. Oh, okay, because he was always kind of a zany, kind of crazy guy. And Very crazy, and it was, you know, I've had a really good career. I just finished a movie yesterday called uh, Cook-Off. Oh, okay. Which I played myself. I... Uh, I got the part of myself. I was a celebrity judge for a Midwestern cook-off. Oh, well, that sounds pretty interesting. Oh, but there hasn't exactly been a groundswell for my movie career. I always say Judy Dench is very jealous because, you know, my movies come out at noon and by four they're in the video store. Aww. I have, uh, you know, like Ghoulies go to college. and. Right, right. But I, I love Ghoulies. I mean, I love that franchise. Yeah, and then uh, my favorite was never released, Space Sluts and the Slammer. I know. I was trying to track that one down. Oh, it's never released. Never released. <clears throat> couldn't couldn't see that one. Although a lot of people are talking about Teen Witch being kind of a cult classic now. It's a cult. There's a, there was a whole generation who came of age in the '80s. No, what is this? this? Yeah, this was in the late '80s. '89, I think '88, something like that. The very first cable movies that ran again and again and again and again and again. Right. So I still get stopped by people like 30 who, when they were kids, watched movie again and again so yeah that is you know that, that you know it's it's funny what you're known for some people uh think i'm their first grade teacher some people remember me as carol i'm edna kerbapo on the simpsons right of course the simpsons i we love that i can and, and i'm a action figure oh that hey you know that that's pretty cool there's nothing wrong with with that and plus you've been in video games too the same voice right video games and and uh <clears throat> And and the and the Simpsons gig has been pretty good for you because that's gone for quite a while. Yeah, sixteen years, and then I, I'm a twenty year breast cancer survivor, so I go around the country and I speak about uh, breast cancer awareness and early detection. Right. And uh, you know, you you set out to be a Broadway actress, and then you end up thirty years later as spokesperson for the Prune Growers of America. And well, there's a whole Prune Underground out there, and you know they were trying to promote. Uh, they were trying to make prunes a young and happening fruit, which I don't think ever worked. Right, right, right. Anyway, you have to keep reinventing yourself, and you never give up. And uh, you know, I've had a living, I made a living doing what? Well, about six percent of all parts go to women over forty. So. Right. But somebody's got to be that six percent. Oh yeah, of course. What about some of your classic um, guest starring roles? Like you were on Fantasy Island and Love Boat. Uh, I was on a very famous um, taxi episode. Uh-huh. Called the Schlegel, which uh, the Lotka character and his wife, Simka, fixed up all the people on the show. And they fixed up the Chris Lloyd character, um, Reverend Jim, with me, Marsha Wallace. This is the second time I played myself. Okay. I played myself in that. And that was one of those uh, kind of famous episodes, classic TV episodes that people remember. And everybody who was on it, you know, some of them got their own series, and some of them did this. And but nine years later, the guy who wrote the uh, taxi episode uh, created The Simpsons. Uh, Sam Simon. So you never know. You just never want to give up. Yeah, you never know what the connections could be. So, so he remembered you and said, "Hey, we want you for um, Bart's teacher." Edna Krabappel. Right. I'm sorry. We're going to have to wrap this up. Okay. Well, I'm um, just. 
really quickly, I'm sorry. Um, what what happened with That's My Bush, though? Trey Parker and... Well, it was a great, hilarious... They were going to do it, no matter who won. It was going to be called Absolutely Al if Gore won, and That's My Bush if Bush won. And then 9-11 pretty much killed the franchise. I wish in show business they'd, they'd bring things back. They never do, because it cries out to be done again now. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, things have changed quite a bit. Okay, okay. Well, um, thank you, uh, Marsha Wallace. And, um, You're welcome. And, you know, you can check my website, and there's stuff in the book, and there's all sorts of stuff. And hopefully you have enough good stuff. Oh, no, I, I totally do. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. You betcha. Okay, have a good one. Thank you. Hey, and thanks again to Randy for uh, the great interview there. Really appreciate him doing that. And thanks to Marsha Wallace for agreeing to do it. You can visit her website at marshawallace.com. So uh, we're going to close out the show today with uh, another theme song from the Mary Tyler Moore Production Studios. Um, Mary Tyler Moore. Such a great theme song. and Always so inspiring. I feel like I just can really take on the world. So uh, hope you have a great day and hope you enjoy the Mary Tyler Moore theme song. <laughs> awfully big but girl this time you're all alone but it's time you started living it's time you let someone else do some giving lovers all around no need to waste it you can have a town why don't you take it you're gonna make it after all you're gonna make it after all. Meow meow, Rachel Crash, meow meow.